0: and took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This is the gospel of the Lord. I invite you to have a seat as we just consider those words. He is here, and what they mean for us today. As we heard that song about the shepherds running, as we hear the song about the begats in Matthew and the lineage that brought Jesus from Abraham to his birth, we see a journey, and it's not a usual journey. It has twists and turns that we don't even consider or think about and i'm wondering how many of us have ever had a path laid out that didn't quite go right it could be that your gps took you down the wrong street or you happened to miss a turn or your career you got fired from was something that you had in mind that was going to be a lifelong thing it could be that You got stranded on the road and got a ride from someone unexpected that came into your life. You know, there's stories of people who have accidentally texted the wrong people on Thanksgiving, inviting them over for dinner, and years later they still are connected for Thanksgiving. So much of our lives we have planned out and we're ready to go with certain things in certain ways, but Life intervenes, and things happen, and journeys keep on going. Sometimes when that happens, we can get really frustrated, and we can begin to doubt like everything, or we can become fearful and not sure of what is true and what is happening and where we're supposed to be. Other times, it's a joy and it's a blessing to us that our, our path got diverged just a little bit. As we look at the journey of Jesus, getting to the point where we can say He is here, we look at some people, right? What's in a name? Because that's a, a long list of names, and in that list of names are people who wanted to belong. They didn't know that they were a part of a bigger story for the most part. But they knew that they had a part to play where they were at and when they were. If we remember Abraham, he laughed at the idea that he could have kids. It's not even possible. There was doubt that he had that was overcome. Right? Rahab, the dealer of purple, Whoa, she's a part of the story and in that list of genealogy because she helped some spies get out a window. Talk about a divergent story. David, who we know as king, also had a past where he had someone killed. Not exactly a great story and one, as we look at his life and what he writes, is filled with shame and guilt from that. King Uzziah. In Isaiah, we read the words, when King Uzziah died. And in that phrase, the history of Israel changes because the leaders no longer knew God and followed what he had to say. But he's a part of the story because it's through his line that the story keeps on going. And then we get to Joseph, and Joseph is a common guy wanting to just be respectable and honest. He starts thinking through the repercussions of having a wife that he's getting ready to marry who's pregnant when an angel says, no, no, you're okay. Name him Jesus. And he runs with it. He goes with it. And in all of these divergent stories, we see one common thing. They trust, they trust that God has something in mind for them. And they trust that he will complete it when he comes. And as he does that, we get to the point in the story where we can say he is here. For Joseph, that meant that He was actually there, and you will name him Jesus, God who saves, Emmanuel, God with us. All these things are incorporated in Jesus' name and are part of his story. And as we look at that full story and its length, I think of Jesus as he began to walk alongside the disciples on the road to Emmaus. He had risen from the dead, and he is coming to his disciples, and he's walking alongside them, and he says, you know that there's this whole story, and he begins to unfold it, and how it points to him, and where he's at in that moment. Before they even know that it's Jesus, he's talking to them about the story, about the gospel, and how amazing is that? And that's what Isaiah is talking about in the Old Testament reading that we had today, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings the good news. He's pointing forward the the Old Testament in its ebbs and flows and its stories and the journey of the people point us forward to Jesus. Because in those ebbs and flows, there's this notion that they get it right sometimes, but a lot of times they don't. And so they need someone to help them. They need a Savior to come and to fix the mistakes and make it so that there's a hope for tomorrow. And then we get to the Gospels. And the Gospels are the good news, the good news of Jesus who did come. He came so that there was hope for tomorrow. He came with a message of love and forgiveness that people rallied around or, they refuse to hear. Right, and in his message of love and forgiveness, that was so radical, led him to a cross. So that not only can we say he was here in that moment with Joseph when he is born, but we can say he is here with us now because he brings us hope from the cross and the resurrection and his ascension. We know that all. Of the past promises, all the things he said are really true. Not some made up story, but all of these journeys connect into the one that we celebrate today. And then we go on in the Bible and we see a message of what it means to live it out. That this journey doesn't stop with Jesus in the manger, but he is here with us and we continue to live it out. One of the verses that I've held on to in the last couple of years, especially when I look at our eighth graders and our confirmants, is this it comes from Colossians two, six to seven. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in faith, and established in the faith, just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving. I I can't think of a time where we're more thankful than Christmas Day, right? We can think about thanksgiving and family and, and how we share what we're thankful for, but that even is expounded as we build up from there to Christmas, and we see the joy that comes out in faces and people, as you say, Merry Christmas. And that story of Jesus, and how it connects into our lives. And so being connected into Jesus means we're connected into that whole story, that whole journey from Abraham to David to Isaiah to Jesus. And so we can really claim that he is here. And as we claim that he's here, we know that there's something to that story, that we can be rooted in it. And rooted is not just knowing and having the head knowledge but it's seeing it in our lives and seeing the forgiveness and the love that we have received knowing that no matter what we do or where we're at he's there and that love and forgiveness cover us in all of it in all of our doubt and of our our, our grief and all of our joy in all of our merriness, as we say, Merry Christmas. So we can say, He is here. And that means something. My hope is that as we go from this place, as we celebrate His love and His forgiveness in our lives, and we live it out, that it does mean something. That it's not just something that we sit here and we say, oh yeah, that's, that's a good Thing, but it's something we can hold on to. We can be rooted in. And we can be built up so that we bear fruit. So other people around us can know the love and forgiveness of Jesus. Because we're living it out. And we're a part of that story. Our journey may not be straight. But our journey is what it needs to be as it shines a light for Jesus. And so keeping all that in mind then that he is here we can say merry christmas to one another merry christmas merry, merry christmas. christmas what a joy that is and uh,